It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation! What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It is the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We are fresh off of a victory Monday, and I'll tell you, it feel pretty, pretty good. James Kroger was with us yesterday. Guys, go back and check that out if you haven't heard it yet. And keep an eye out for a Rams podcast dropping any day now. We just recorded probably about 45 minutes to an hour going a little bit deeper into the game, talking with James. We did some complaint forms. We had some fun on the show, so go check that out. Keep an eye out for that as well. As I mentioned at the top, this is Locked On Rams. Five days every week of your Los Angeles Rams, your team every day, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, if you haven't had a chance to take a look around the network, go dibble, go dabble. Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson is a great podcast. Vinny Lyre and the Fantasy Football Podcast is great on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Also, NBA is kicking. We've got some great storylines early. Obviously, Cleveland is in this mode. Both the Cavaliers and the Browns have fired their coach within the last few days. So lots of storylines pumping out of there. So go check out some other podcasts. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts at. And then online, reach out to us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Lockdown Rams on all account, LA underscore Rambling Bear is my personal on Twitter. Always love taking your guys' questions, hearing your feedback, join our Facebook group, interact with everybody else. We've got tons of people from all over the country, all over the world, interacting, talking Rams football, sharing photos. It's been fun to see you guys kind of post some stuff up along the way. Keep doing it. I'm going to try to interact as much as I can while juggling all these accounts and all this different content coming around. So I appreciate you guys reaching out and doing that. So today we're going to do some pro football focus stuff as well as some big ups with some people that reached out, get your questions, kind of go from there. What we're going to start with today, though, is a little bit of an injury report. Sean McVay had his press conference today, so I'm going to pull some clips from that to share with you. But I think I'll start with the injury update, the only injury update that we really care about at this point that we know about, and that's Cooper Cup. What's going on with him? He sat last week, but Sean McVay talked about him at his press conference today, so I'm going to kick over to that. This was posted on Rams Twitter earlier today of Sean McVay's press conference. Here's him addressing Cooper Cup's status for this coming week. Sean, uh, I saw Cooper out there pretty early Sunday. Do you have any early take on whether he might be good to go this week. Yeah, he's, he's looking good. I, I think uh, I think there's a very good chance that he's going to be ready to go this week, Rich. Um, he's attacked his rehab just like I know we all anticipated he would. Made a good recovery. Um, you know, I think if we really wanted to press it, he probably could have played last week. But Reggie and his staff have been great as far as just putting in a plan. Uh, he's attacked it the right way, and, and I think he's putting himself in a position to be ready to go this week. Um. Okay, I like that. That's a great way to start off a Tuesday episode of Locked On Rams. Drop a little Cooper Cup's going to come back this week. Makes me feel a lot better. We're going to continue to watch this throughout the week, talk about it, how it can impact the game. Obviously, we got Vinny Bonsignor and Serena Morales coming up. Both of them said they saw Cooper last week looking pretty good, having some positive spirits. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this, but it all sounds pretty good heading into this 
you know, really big game coming up this week down in New Orleans. Speaking of that game coming up, we've got our crossover series tomorrow. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints will be joining us. We're going to talk over that matchup and what we can expect from them coming off a big win on Sunday Night Football and really just kind of an NFC potential championship showdown matchup. is going to be a great game. So keep a lookout for that. That's going to be tomorrow. Well, before we get to that crossover, we've got today to get through. So I'm going to get to our first caller. So big ups to Cody Brown, longtime caller, longtime listener. He gave us a ring today, left the message on the voicemail. Guys, if you don't know, we have got a call-in number. It is 657-345-4988. Give a ring. Uh, Tuesdays, we always do listener questions and reaction from you guys. But throughout the week, if you wanted me to tackle something, leave a voicemail. I'll try to play it on the show if I can. If not, I'll try to do my best to answer your question. But this is from Cody, so let's hear what he had to say this time. Hello, Bear. It's Cody Buzzsaw Brown calling in your first voicemail caller ever. I got to throw that out there, you know, once in a while. Uh, question for you for Tuesday's show. You know, Rodney Harrison came out after our win and said that, you know, the Rams have flaws. What if one day against a really good team, our offense can't find the gas pedal? Do you really think that our defense, if our offense actually sputters one day, do you think that our defense can actually stop a team like the Saints? I want to hear what you have to say. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy your night. Bye-bye. Cody, that is a good question, my man. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. You're right. You were the first caller ever. I had to beg everybody for a while. But Cody listened. He gave me a call, so I appreciate that. So come on and join him, everybody. Get some calls in. I'll get you guys on the air, give you some shout-outs. But getting back to your question, I think our defense has proved enough that we can hold it down if our offense doesn't show up. You look at the first half of this last game against the Packers, our offense was really nowhere to be found. We kept it a very close game. Special teams kind of chipped in there to kind of help out the defense, get a big play for us to get the ball back, and then really take momentum with that to come down and score. We got to halftime at 10-8. to But I think a lot of that, you could look back and give credit to the defense for that because holding Aaron Rodgers to 10 points in the first half and then if you want to go all the way to the fourth quarter where Aaron Rodgers is also extremely dangerous, only seven points. The one touchdown came on kind of a Troy Hill swing and miss on a, on a jam at the line and was probably Aaron Rodgers' most easy throw of the day. So our defense, besides that, I mean, we had a couple big sacks. Obviously, Aaron Donald with that big third down sack that ended up making Green Bay had to punt the ball, which we came down, kicked a go-ahead field goal. So, yeah, I think I think our defense basically proved it last game that they can do that. Watching Aaron Donald get extremely hot these last couple weeks, six sacks in his last two weeks alone, 10 through eight games. Sue has really been able to be shifted around the line. He's coming off the edge sometimes. We're, we're bringing a blitz with Littleton. He had another sack. So, yeah, we have some questions in the secondary, but I think when it comes down to closing a ball game or making a big play, these guys are definitely capable. Do I want to see Jared Goff struggle offensively versus the Saints or the Chiefs? God, no. Oh, we really need those guys to put up a lot of points to make it easier. But if it comes down to it, we've seen all three phases of our football team can really step up, put the team on their back, and and make a big play. So, yeah, watching these last few games, we've gotten a lot better at stopping the run. We're going to get a huge test this week coming up with the two-headed monster of Kamara and Ingram. But uh, our defense is really improved overall 
We still have some weaknesses in the secondary that we've got to clean up. Troy Hill, Marcus Peters, we're still waiting for a complete game for both of those guys at the same time. Hopefully getting Tlaib back, you know, about week 13-ish will help kind of solidify that secondary and, and get some consistency there. But overall, as a defense, I've got tons of confidence in these guys. They're starting to make plays, and I think they're starting to get a little bit confident as well. So, Cody, appreciate the question. Keep them coming, my man. I always appreciate it. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside, get a quick word from some sponsors. We'll be right back. On the other side, we're going to talk some pro football focus, take some more questions. Tuesday's episode, Locked On Rams. We'll be right back. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams, fresh off of a victory Monday, 8-0, feeling good. It's funny, you go back online after a game, everyone's super excited, hashtag undefeated, 8-0. You come back on Monday, you're starting to see a little bit of the chirping. Where were all the LA Rams fans on Sunday at the Coliseum? What's up with our secondary? Our offensive line looked weak. What's going on there? Do we need to add somebody in the trade deadline? So many things kind of coming in, and you start to get a little spoiled, but you understand you're always trying to get better, and you're always trying to break things down, and you got to find something to talk about throughout the week, right? Well, I love it. I'm going to wrap all those things here on Lockdown Rams throughout the week. I want to get to the one of the things I mentioned there just a second ago, the trade deadline. It's coming up. It's fast approaching. It's probably been one of the busier trade deadlines in the NFL that I can remember in a while. Uh NFL is not like the Major League Baseball or NBA where you see big movement at trade deadlines. Just contracts aren't set up that way. Joining a team and a, and a different scheme usually doesn't work out that way. 
Um, but you've seen a couple big guys go already. There's still some talks about, you know, LaShawn McCoy and Le'Veon Bell and Bruce Irvin of Oakland and all these names are out there. And the Rams are definitely kicking tires. Sean McVay was asked about it today in his press conference. By the way, it was probably one of my favorite Sean McVay press conferences. So if you're getting a couple clips, that's why. I really enjoyed him. He seemed just really honest and open today. Uh, he talked about Cooper Cup earlier, him coming back. And then he addressed the, the trade scenarios today. So here's what Sean McVay had to say uh, when asked about trades and the trade deadline. Uh, Sean, with the um, trade deadline coming up, are you guys in the market and will you be aggressively pursuing some help? Yeah, there's a lot of dialogue that goes on at this time of year. You know, I've had a couple different discussions with, with Les with regards to some things that we feel like might be able to upgrade our team. As, you know, if anything ends up going through or not, not really sure, but but there are some some discussions and there's a possibility that, that some things could occur. But, you know, there's always discussions that go on and we're always looking to see if we feel like it's something that's going to make our football team better and ultimately help us uh, as the season progresses. It's something that I think those guys have done an excellent job being able to make moves. And if we feel like it's going to help our team, there's been a couple different things that have been discussed. But uh, whether it ends up coming to fruition or not, you know, I'll, I'll probably have a better idea, you know, when I when I get with Les a little bit later on based on, you know, how that dialogue's gone today. Would uh, an edge rusher be on that could be something? List? Yeah, yeah, that could be something that we definitely would look into based on the availability of some of the players that uh, that we've looked into, and, and that would that would be yes, that would be a, a possibility. Are there any other areas? That That's the main one that you know we're kind of in in, in uh, you know dialogue about. But but again, there's always things based on what a team's looking for, and you know how that might affect us or alter, and, and ultimately give us the ability to improve. So. Um, you know, I think Les and his staff do an excellent job of keeping a pulse around the league, having that open dialogue that exists between the other 31 teams. And if it's something that fits, then, then that's something that we'll do. Okay, okay. We're listening, Mr. McVay. Like I said, this was probably the most honest and open Sean McVay I've heard in a long time. Obviously, coming off of a big win, felt pretty good. But uh, definitely sharing more than I thought he would about this certain topic, um, you know, going to get somebody. There's been a lot of talk lately. There's a lot of big names that have kind of been dangled out there as far as, uh, you know, potentially an opportunity to go get and being moved. Deontay Fowler Jr. from Jacksonville is one of them. Leonard Floyd of Chicago. Uh, even Jadavion Clowney of Houston. There's been some talks that Houston may be interested in moving him. Obviously, there's Bruce Irvin. Uh, former Seahawk, now Oakland Raider. We've seen that Oakland's trying to get rid of a lot of people. And then another name that you've heard a lot of potentially is Denver's Shane Ray. Peter King came out, confirmed what, what Sean McVay said, that the Rams are interested in a pass rusher. And he hears that defensive coordinator Wade Phillips is lukewarm on Denver's Shane Ray, having coached him for a couple years. And if the Jags make Deontay Fowler Jr. available, that they may be interested in someone like that, even though he's kind of been disappointing as a high first-round pick so far. He went on to say that L.A. is unlikely to deal swing guard Jamon Brown, though there has been interest in him. They really like the insurance on the O-line. So that was coming from NBC Sports' Peter King, which is a great point because I was always wondering what they were going to do with Jamon Brown. I like the fact that we want to keep him. Even the way McVay talked, I feel that, you know, Les Snead is definitely back there trying to make deals. We, we made a reference, I think, on the show that, you know, when we were talking about the trade deadline earlier that, you know, as far as referencing it to different sports, you always hear in baseball, you know, right at the trade deadline, oh, the team's going for it, man. They went and made a trade to go get somebody. Or even when a team is leading and they're like, wow, they're really, really making a push for this World Series. 
they're all in. Well, the Rams did a lot of that in the offseason, but if you're at this point and you feel you're a player away to improving your football team, I wouldn't be surprised to see Les Snead go, dude, we're 8-0 right now. We add this piece. We get a Bruce Irvin to come to this defense who is just a stud tackler, can you know drop back into some coverage. You know, we can get that guy who also can come off the edge and create some more pressure on the quarterback, then, yeah, maybe we make a move. It's going to be something to watch and something that we're going to be talking about here on Lockdown Rams throughout the weeks. All right, we're going to hit a quick pro football focus stat before I get too far and we don't get them in today. Uh, we were just kind of talking about that offensive line and what they were doing, and they did get some criticism from people this week as far as struggling a little bit against the Packers. The Packers defense in general did a great job on the Rams in coverage, but also putting pressure on Jared Goff. There were a couple times where he looked pretty uncomfortable and took a couple awkward sacks. A couple times he got rid of the ball, but under pressure. But one thing that the O-line did is they really picked up their game in the second half. And when they allowed Jared Goff to have some time, here's what happened. Of his 35 passing attempts, Goff got 19 of those without any sort of pressure. 14 of those 19 he completed for 244 yards, two touchdowns, 14 first downs, and a passing grade of 91.2. So, yes, they struggled early on. Sullivan probably the most. I think his grade was like 62 and in pro football focus. But when they allowed him to have some time, man, Jared Goff really stepped up and was able to lead this team. He threw three touchdown passes. One of them went to Todd Gurley. And speaking of Todd Gurley, he really showed his versatility in this game, right? He received his highest graded receiving game of the year on Sunday, 91.8. He was targeted a season high seven times, caught six of them, five of those which went for first downs or touchdowns. This was his third game of the season with three or more targets and a passer rating when targeted above 154. So great game with those two combined, especially through the air. We really needed our offense to step it up in the second half. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley came through. Our offensive line did just enough, especially in that second half, to allow them to start moving the football and get it back to our type of pace again. So big ups to those boys. All right, guys, we are going to step away. One last commercial break on our Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. I will be right back after a couple quick words from some sponsors. We're going to talk a little bit more pro football focus, take the last few questions I got from you guys, and we'll call it a day. We'll be right back with more on the other side. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment. Your boy, Bear Motter here, Locked On Rams Tuesday, bringing it home. We're going to start this segment where we left off pro football focus. We hit some offense. Now let's flip it over to the defense. Probably my most favorite player on the defense these days, Corey Littleton. This man is having an absolute season. He's come in, taken on that responsibility, the green dot, shall we say, on the helmet leading the communication, being the quarterback of the defense. He played on all 52 snaps on defense on Sunday, set a career high in defensive stops with six, also finished with an 80.2 tackling grade, which was highest on the team among defenders with at least 15 snaps played. Corey Littleton also threw in a sack on Aaron Rodgers early in the game, participated in all those plays on special teams as well. James just gave him the game ball in our Rams podcast. I 100% bear stamp of approval. Love it. Corey Littleton, great game. Pro football focus has got your back. And then for the second week in a row, safety John Johnson the third, 
the Rams' highest-graded defender in coverage, 77.5. He played 33 coverage snaps and was not tested once, even though he was able to get his hand up and get a pass breakup uh, once during the game. John Johnson has now allowed three catches for 10 yards on his last 108 coverage snaps. Pretty good, my man, pretty good. When our secondary is in need of some help, that is a guy that we can look to to count on. He also is coming up and making plays in the run game. Just watch the game. You're always hearing his name involved. Uh, that's the great thing about this defense. They are flying to the football multiple people at a time. So John Johnson, my man, great job. Pro football focus. Got your back saying you're doing wonderful, and we agree. And by the way, both of those defensive guys I just mentioned are extremely young, second-year guys, and I just love it. The, the youth of this team, especially the defense, is something to really get excited about. I know at times we're still frustrated. we got some injuries, and – the secondaries can be trouble sometimes, but we've got some really, really good young players on this team that we all should get really excited about. All right, I'm going to jump over to Facebook and grab a couple questions from there, see what I can answer for you guys to my best of my ability. Burr Brockway says, any word on how Mark Barron is feeling after a month of getting back into the weekly routine of playing every week? The effort he put into making the tackle for his safety was incredible play, but I'm hoping it didn't take a toll on him. If you take a peek at that play, look at his lower back, is it even possible to bend backwards the way that he did? Yeah, I did see that um, when he made that play. He stuffed in that hole. And actually, Sean McVay talked about it in his press conference today about what a huge play that was for us. No news that he is banged up or extra sore. I'm sure uh, you know you hear it all the time. If you're playing in the NFL, you're going to be hurting after a Sunday football game. Those guys are violent, hitting hard, especially after you're, you're meeting a running back full steam in the hole. Well, behind the hole because he's got a safety there. But from all accounts, Mark Barron is doing well. I think that's why we waited so long to bring him back because they didn't want to bring him in and then have him get hurt right away. So they let him really rest up probably about an extra three or four weeks to get close as possible to 100%. So I'm sure as these weeks are going, it might be going down a little bit. But all signs are that Mark Barron is healthy. He's not on any injury reports. So that's always good news. We're not holding him out from practice. Uh, which is also good news. So all signs are Mark Barron is good and hopefully will continue to be impactful. He's another one of those guys that runs around like crazy, always making tackles, sometimes gets caught out of position, but he makes up for it in his speed and then effort. He's always around the football. So hopefully he's doing well because that was a huge play and we're going to need more of them this coming week. All right, this next one comes from Louis Vicesio Skelton. This is our Kiwi brother all the way down from New Zealand. He asked Todd Gurley for MVP. What separates him from other running backs that are playing outstanding as well? Example, Kareem Hunt or Alvin Kamara. My answer would be just complete back, right? We just talked. We just kind of came off of talking on the other side of the break about how he had one of his best pass-catching games, six catches, five of those, which went for a first down or a touchdown. The ability to catch the ball and run the ball and then I think really that third thing that makes him just super special, go back and watch some of the blitz pickups that he gets, not only this week, but in the previous weeks. He's a great, great blocker. He's a three-down type of back guy. The nice thing is we have Malcolm Brown that we can bring in, and we did a little bit in this game. A couple games ago, you saw Malcolm Brown a lot more. We picked up a lead, so we got some more carries. But the fact is that Todd Gurley could really play every single down if he wanted to, and you never know what he's going to do, whether it's catching it out of the backfield, 
running it, a screen, staying in and blocking. He had a really good block this game, which allowed Jared Goff to step up and complete a third down pass. Came all the way from his right side to his left, almost like Superman dove to get a push out of the way. And um, the effort there was incredible. And then if you just look at him as a runner, I mean, the side-to-side movement, so fast in jump cuts in the hole. I saw so many breakdowns of some of his plays this year where he starts right and in one second can shift his hips out to the left, take one jump cut, and be gone with the speed on the outside. So great feet, great vision, extremely fast. And then when it comes to it, he can run you over too. And then we saw the finesse of catching the ball on the sideline and touching the toes and getting two feet in. Just complete back all together. And I think his touchdown set him apart from everybody else. These guys having great seasons. Um, and obviously offenses are going different directions when they get in the red zone. But Todd Gurley is finishing off these drives with touchdowns uh, on pace to set records all over the place, not only on the franchise but on the National Football League level. So I think just overall ability – And then being able to get in the end zone and really put up the numbers. I mean, he leads the NFL in rushing by almost 200 yards. And then touchdowns, obviously, in the lead. So uh, the guy's different. The guy's special. He's going to make it really hard on them this year to try to pick a quarterback over him. I mean, I think you pretty much know where I stand. Todd Gurley for MVP, 100. So big ups. Thanks for the question. I'm going to follow it up with another just straight up big ups to Dana Dooley. He said, best game plan to stop the Saints. I love it. I could go for a whole episode on this. In fact, I'm going to talk about that tomorrow on Crossover Edition. But I wanted to give you a shout-out for reaching out to us on Facebook when I asked the question today. So I'm going to get to that a little bit more tomorrow. Appreciate you reaching out. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to have a Crossover Edition. Lockdown Saints is going to be a good one. I do want to leave you guys with one more thing. I hope this isn't running this episode too long. But one of my favorite things was the special teams this last week. I don't know if I got to rant about it enough yesterday. I'm almost blacked out from what I said. I did another Rams podcast today where I talked big time about the special teams. But Sean McVay talked for about two minutes today about the special teams and how they come together. They play for bones and this whole we, not me. And he said all those key phrases that we just love and we just eat up, all those Sean McVay-isms. So I want to play it. I'm going to end the show with it. I probably listened to it three or four times the other day, and I just loved it. I could feel his passion. I could feel uh, the love and, and why our team is so close. So here's Sean McVay on the special teams and how this team is special. We talk about it a lot in terms of the success you guys' special teams have, but after another game like that where arguably the biggest play of the game was a special teams yeah. play, is there any common theme in everything that you guys do right so often on special teams with, with John's unit there? Yeah, well, I think it starts with what you just mentioned. I think it's John's leadership. You know, I think John Fossil does a great job. I think in terms of, you know, you watch the way they've consistently, those guys on special teams, they play hard for John because he does such a great job of – uh, being committed to trying to help the players, you know, anybody that's been around him, you can't help but just love the guy. So the way that he is so authentic, so genuine, so energetic, but then also doing a great job, he and Matt Daniels both putting in game plans that put our players in good spots, and then those guys are delivering. You know, really, you look at Sam Shields' contribution, Johnny Hecker's ability to be able to make that throw to Sam, Sam being able to down the punt inside, the one that leads to the safety. And then at the end, you know, really, right before those guys go out onto the field, Bone says, hey, we force a fumble, get it back. You know, we got a chance to end the game right now. It's exactly what happens. He puts a little switch on the backside of our coverage unit. Dom Hatfield does an excellent job being able to beat it, and that was kind of what forced – uh, Montgomery to be able to kind of move the ball comes away from his body and then at that same time Rameek Wilson comes in there makes an excellent tackle ball comes out and he recovers it and 
Uh, man, that was, that was exciting. But they've done an excellent job. Starts with Bones' leadership, and then obviously the players are getting it done. Um, but really, you know, I've, I've, I've learned a lot just watching him coach in terms of the, the buy-in he gets from his players because of the way that he treats them, respects them, and works as hard as he possibly can to put them in good spots. When, when guys are having success on the special teams, um, does that make it easier for them to buy in just to the fact that they're getting recognized? They are making plays. They are making contributions. Their teammates are seeing it and talking about it as well. Absolutely. You know, I, I think one of the things that's great about what our team's done is I think there's a mutual respect and appreciation for all three phases and how they all contribute to the outcome that we're trying to collectively, you know, obtain together. And, and they, they appreciate that. You know, the we, not me thing that we talk about where, you know, the power of the team, the power of all the units, one being able to pick up another phase if it's down, you know, defense kept the offense in the game when we weren't really doing some things. Special teams makes a big play. You know, it's been great having Greg Zerline back. So, um, you know, football is the greatest team sport there is. And when all three phases are able to play together or have key plays that end up affecting the outcome in a positive way for us, that's what's exciting. And I think these guys enjoy each other. That's the one thing, too. You guys hear us say it over and over again, but when you watch the team, uh, you, you can't help but notice they like each other. They enjoy playing together and they play for each other. And that's something that's, that's really powerful and it's special and it's because of the ownership that these players have. But I also think our coaches have done an excellent job of demonstrating a consistent approach that's geared towards us collaborating, working together uh, to ultimately all try to have success and, and doing it in a way that creates a kind of a horizontal leadership structure to where everybody's got an ownership in what we're trying to get done and we're all going in the same direction. Whew. I just had to get that out there in the world, man. I love it. We not me, special guys, special group, love playing for each other, love playing for the coaches. I love talking about them. You love listening about them. Something's going on here, guys. Ain't no, I can feel it. But with that said, I'm out of here. We'll be back tomorrow, crossover edition. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. Make sure to check it out. If you guys have any questions, hit me up on all the social media accounts, Locked On Rams, LA underscore Rambling Bear. But you know what it is. Until next time, Rams Nation. Peace. This the jam, yeah. Put your hands up. And just. And just. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network and NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.